Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. You're with uh, Lin Lee on Breakfast with Lin Lee, Ryan and Rachel. Forward Singapore, the nationwide conversation which focuses on shaping Singapore's social compact is set to move to its next phase. Just to jog your memory a little, the initiative which was launched by Deputy Prime Minister Lawrence Wong in June last year is now at its midway point. Social mobility and inequality were among some of the key issues raised by more than 14,000 Singaporeans who have since taken part in some over 140 dialogue sessions in neighbourhoods and schools as well as online. In an update on social media last Friday, DPM Wong says the government will delve deeper into specific issues in the next phase and co-create solutions based on feedback and ideas collected through the exercise. And some of those plans will actually be shared in the upcoming Singapore budget. That's tomorrow. For a closer look at how we're faring on the social front, we're joined by Dr. Matthew Matthews, head of the IPS Social Lab. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. All right. First off, let's start with the uh, government's push to enhance our social compact, Matthew, uh, which is generally speaking a shared understanding of how all of us in society relate to one another. How exactly would you describe a strong social compact? As you just mentioned, social compact is really that, that shared understanding. And uh, I mean, everybody knows their roles and responsibilities. And uh, so we're talking about government, businesses, citizens. And when you have this shared understanding, uh, especially a strong one, uh, everybody's in alignment, then, then everybody is proactive. Uh, everybody knows what is expected, uh, is willing to perform their role, and they don't point a finger at the other group to say, you should be taking care of matters when they should be. Uh, so, f- for instance, you think about citizens. Uh, citizens need to do all they can to make themselves available for upgrading, to pursue programs which would help them to get into the areas where there's growth in the industries and businesses. Businesses should then give opportunities, make time off, uh, seek to help people plug into those uh, places or positions where they have been trained for. And then, of course, government perhaps facilitating the availability of these programs. Uh, They're best to know which areas are growing and developing what kind of skills. And, of course, the right funding model. So a strong kind of compact would would require that kind of strong alignment for people to be proactive. Now, you talk about being proactive. I think it sometimes has to do with social divides as well. So reducing income inequality, narrowing social gaps, enhancing better understanding of cultural differences. Those are all crucial. So how is Singapore faring on this front? Uh, well, I think they the just released the uh, household income um, study. So I think they, they, they noted that the Gini coefficient, uh, which is really an indicator of the disparity of incomes, is below 0.4. And that's a number that some scholars say is the level that foments social instability. Uh, the current Gini coefficient is not ideal, but it has clearly been declining. And for the last few years, uh, the incomes of the, those in the top brackets have come down a little bit, and those at the bottom have benefited very substantially from transfers. So overall, this is reducing inequality. But it's really not taken us out of the woods yet. You do see a lot more conspicuous consumption increasing, uh, more expensive cars on the roads, uh, I mean, you know, residential uh, housing, which is a lot more expensive. And some wonder uh, who is able to afford this. And of course, sometimes people end up, uh, you know, uh, wondering if, if this is about increased foreigner presence. Is that driving up prices? All this, of course, leads to comparison, senses of, uh, a sense of 
one benefiting the other not unfairness, which ultimately leads people to be a little unhappy. Then, of course, there's the other point that there's a perception of some social immobility, uh, that going up the social ladder in Singapore is becoming difficult because you know those who are richer, wealthy classes have really taken those top spots. And so if you're at the bottom, uh, you don't have a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, I think based on most of the surveys that we've been doing, the majority still see social mobility. Uh, but we certainly have to address this as a nation because some find it harder and there needs to be a lot more intervention besides all that's already been done in the last few years to help uh, increase opportunities for those in the, the lower social economic uh, places. Now, in the last few years, we experienced the COVID-19 pandemic and I'm sure perceptions on work uh, have shifted through that. How might that affect families and what measures do you hope to see the government uh, stepping up on in this area? Well, pandemic has you know, made people re-examine, uh, ask themselves what's most important to them. And we've noticed for, for younger persons and workers, it's no longer just work for the sake of work or just to get an income. And people want to have meaningful lives. They want to enjoy their families, uh, which, you know, Singapore has been preaching quite a bit on for quite a few years. So mm-hmm. people want to balance work and family better. Uh, they want more provisions to make sure this is possible. So I think one big area, of course, is leave provision. Uh, it may not be that easy to juggle work and family, especially when you know there are viruses around, possible new pandemics and outbreaks of different kinds. You certainly need uh, additional help, mm-hmm. and uh, you know parents rely a lot on childcare and infant mm. care today. And you know to be able to then, of course, not be able to have your child in childcare and have to take care of them yourselves. So you really need some of that mm-hmm. flexibility. And I think I think the government's really been recognizing it this increased call for flexibility in work and perhaps I think more policies need to be in place so this, you know, across the board in Singapore you are able to experience that. Forward Singapore, which was uh, announced just over half a year ago, last June, by DPM at the NTUC Tripartite Dialogue, will be expecting a roadmap to be released mid this year to set out policy recommendations and how society can better contribute to shared goals. And uh, there will be plans shared at the upcoming budget. What do you think would be the areas of focus? Well, one thing that I, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm hoping, will be increased support for those who want to reskill, those who want to train. Uh, this is an important pillar because I think people do care about uh, being able mm-hmm. to uh, ride through all the different disruptions that are going on in the economy, especially for middle-aged workers, mm-hmm. uh, including those who are at PMET and those who you know, supposedly would have had the skills to be able to navigate, but it's increasingly becoming challenging. Uh, people need to be agile, they need to be well-trained. Uh, so, of course, on the ground, you hear quite a bit of concerns that we just don't have enough uh, options to make such training feasible. Uh, people have to take care of their livelihood. You know, you have to be at work, and work in general is stressful. So, carving out extra time at night for studying, for instance, it just mm. doesn't seem always very feasible. So, somehow or other, we have to be able to, to find ways of being able to help people to gain those skills in, in different ways, perhaps, you know, more online ways of training, uh, different strategies so that people will be able to be uplifted. So I, I do anticipate that, that there needs to be some discussion about what we do at work. I mean, perhaps even when as people get disrupted, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that's where I think a lot of the discussion about unemployment insurance, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, how do you ensure that, that if they uh, lose their work, there will be, I mean, provisions to, of course, provide them sufficient support 
politics yet, and it's but make use of that that moment to be able to get them to upgrade scale in a very meaningful way so that they can plug into the next wave of the economy. Mm. Yes, as you briefly mentioned, cost of living is a big one. At the recent IPS Singapore Perspectives Conference, DPM Lawrence Wong also said that uh, consumers must be willing to pay more for certain goods and services to uplift the wages of those who provide them. Right. So, of course, this isn't an easy conversation to have, especially at a time when people are understandably concerned about rising prices, cost of living. and How can the government, businesses and consumers like us better reconcile these issues? Yeah, this is certainly not an easy conversation because when people have to pay more and people feel squeezed already, this becomes... Uh, I mean, of course, there's there's a concern that, I mean, just wrong time for us mm-hmm. to, to be paid anything more with, with such a, I mean, global scene and costs being I mean, going up. But yet, yet, yet this, it's inevitable. Uh, I think we do recognize that those who are providing technical skills, there's a the good number of groups who have traditionally not been paid what would be seen as really a fair wage. And I think somehow or another, there needs to be some kind of correction for that. So I would expect, I mean, any kind of change, of course, to be done in a gradual way because, I mean, if it's done too fast, it certainly will shock the system. So I think gradually we should make sure we do all we can to, to put that load on, on those who have better earning power. Uh, so I expect a lot more transfers to those in low-income groups uh, so they'll be able to cope with all the anticipated changes. I think also we think about businesses would probably need to forego some profit, at least at the immediate term, perhaps with better incomes, better terms to their workers. Then perhaps you do see an increase in, I think, both productivity and commitment to the business. And I think that and overall, I think, does well for businesses. Interesting perspectives. We're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Dr. Matthew Matthews, head of the IPS Social Lab. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.